Hello and welcome to another episode of the Healthy Hustlers podcast. I'm your host, Madeline Carafa. If you're new here, welcome. The Healthy Hustlers is a series of healthy conversations with influential hustlers, where together we chat health mindset and motherhood. Featuring easy to digest conversations with some of the most successful and influential people in our country, including the likes of Kayla Itzines, Megan Gale, Elise Knowles, Sarah's Day, Mick Fanning, and many more, this podcast is sure to give you a boost of healthy enthusiasm to fuel your health and well-being goals. With over 150 episodes for you to enjoy through storytelling, my aim is to offer you a fresh perspective and inspiring insights that will empower you to live a happier, healthier, and more fulfilling life. Today's episode is kindly brought to your ears by one of my all-time favorite sleepwear brands, Ergo Pouch. Founded right here in Melbourne by sleep-deprived mum, Elena Sack, who is passionate about empowering parents to feel confident in making safe sleep decisions for their children and helping them navigate their way through the tougher phases of the sleep journey. Ergo Pouch is an Australian sleepwear brand that makes premium, certified organic and natural fibre TOG rated sleepwear and sleep solutions that are specifically designed for each age and stage of your mini's development. Today, I'm joined by fellow mama, registered nutritionist and founder of body good food, Steph Geddes. Mama to son Bo, with her second babe only days away from joining her Earthside, Steph works as a creative recipe developer, corporate public speaker and cooking class teacher with a deep passion for inspiring others to enjoy eating and cooking with seasonal nutritional foods. Joining me for a very healthy conversation about all things food, Steph takes us through her tips for introducing food to little ones, the benefits of seasonal eating and how it can positively impact the whole family's well-being, how to approach fussy eaters and making family-friendly meals. This month, Steph has teamed up with Ergo Pouch to celebrate their new Winter Harvest Pouch Tales collection. Together, they are exploring the link between food and sleep and encouraging more parents to embrace seasonal eating by providing parents with free, healthy, nourishing recipes that support healthy sleep. Here's Steph. Hello, Steph, and welcome to the Healthy Hustlers podcast. How are you today? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? I'm very well. I'm very excited to be chatting to you. It's been a while since we've been able to catch up. I think I saw you when I was pregnant with Georgia when we did our live um, podcast events with Georgie and now we're both on pregnancy too. So (laughs) it's been a while. (laughs) But yeah, you're on pregnancy too. How are you feeling at the moment? Yeah, pretty good. I'm nearly 38 weeks now. So kind of at that point where it's, you know, any day, (laughs) Um, but I'm feeling pretty good just getting to that sort of big and uncomfortable and ready for things to kind of get going but also just trying to um enjoy and embrace the time that we have just with our little one at the moment too so yeah I know you almost have to remind yourself of that as well don't you like this is the last bit of my time with just them because it's like it's so busy and you're so tired and that you often just forget that like you're never going to get this this time back um I find myself really having to remind myself to just like be in it and enjoy it while I can. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I've been actually, when I get up in the mornings and I wouldn't always do this, but I've been bringing him into bed with me. He only will lay there for like three or four minutes, but I've just been really enjoying that time. Just one-on-one with him, just thinking, oh my gosh, like this is the last sort of few or couple of weeks. He's going to be my only baby. And yeah, but it's been nice. Oh, that's so nice. I love that. 
Um, I guess for anyone who is unfamiliar with you and your journey, can you give us a little insight into you and your family? Sure. So I work as a registered nutritionist. Um, I specialize in the culinary nutrition space. So it's kind of, I suppose, I'm like a freelance consultant um, doing lots of recipe development, content creation, cooking classes, ambassador roles, nutrition workshops, that sort of thing. Um, so that, I suppose, is me business-wise. And then personally, I live in Melbourne with my husband, Jack, who's a personal trainer. Um, we've had a personal training or business um, together for, I think it's probably on nine, nearly 10 years now, um, which he kind of looks after um, the day-to-day of all of that wow. now while I can do my nutrition stuff. And we have our son, Bo, who is 21 months and obviously a second little bubba joining us any day now. <laughs> Oh, so beautiful. And how have you found second pregnancy compared to your first? You know, being, I guess, a working mum now, having the demands of a toddler, how's how's that been? It's definitely been a different experience. We were just sort of chatting before we started recording how that first pregnancy really feels like a luxury this time because you just don't have that time to rest (laughs) as much. And, you know, juggling work, I was actually really quite sick in first trimester, which was um, difficult. And especially working in the food industry, um, and I just had 24-7 really bad nausea to the point where I couldn't even really look at food, let alone cook anything. Um, So I had to kind of stop all work and that was quite challenging. But once we got over that, you know, I've still enjoyed it, but it's definitely been, yeah, a different experience to the first time around. I guess throughout this period of pregnancy and and work, what's been a healthy habit that's really helped you throughout the journey? Well, probably two. I suppose one is nutrition. Um, The fact that, you know, it just comes quite naturally to me to want to cook and be organized with healthy eating, not just for me, but also for my family as well. So I think that's definitely one, but Otherwise, I think just being organized, I'm quite a routine, planned, organized person. Mm. And I just think I could not get by with, you know, what our weekly routine is if I wasn't organized. So, yeah, I think that would have to be the, the healthiest habit at the moment. I think too, when you, once you have kids, you really start to understand even more the power of a routine, don't you? Like with them with sleep and eating and everything, like I know Personally, we've been out of routine the last few weeks just with, you know, my husband's commitments with work and stuff. And I just noticed such a difference in sleep and George's eating patterns and everything. It's crazy. And I think too, like every family is different, but if you are a family that thrives off that routine, you really do notice it if things start to change. And we've been the same, like routine has just been everything for us. And because like you guys, my my husband, he works for himself, I work for myself. And for a long time there, we actually didn't have daycare for Bo either. We couldn't get him in anywhere. So it was a real juggle trying to work it all out. And I think just if we didn't have a routine, we would have been in all sorts. So definitely thrive off routine. And as I said, that healthy habit of just being organised um, just helps so much with that too. And I guess when it comes to sleep, how what does Bo's sleep routine look like at the moment? So he is doing one sleep during the day still, um, which has been a blessing while I'm pregnant. He will do um, sort of 1 till 3, 3.30 during the day and he sleeps through at night, kind of 7. 7 he goes down and wakes up. He wakes up about 7 but he'll roll around in his cot till about 7.30. So I'm very much embracing and enjoying that at the moment, knowing that it's 
going to change very soon. But, yeah, we're lucky. I think being consistent with his routine um, has really helped kind of solidify his sleep and, yeah, lucky to be getting full nights of sleep at the moment. (laughs) As a registered nutritionist, I'd love to know how you kind of found the journey with introducing Bo to food. I know, especially for first-time mums, a lot of anxiety can actually come with that of getting, you know, babies onto solids, where to start, you know, what's – allergies there's there's so much to kind of take in and try to learn and um and to be comfortable with at such an early age what was that journey like for you and I guess do you have any tips for new mums or you know even even second third time mums who might still hold a bit of anxiety around that introducing food and and where to start yeah look I think you know just remembering that you don't need to kind of do it all at once and do everything at once like you can totally start slowly Find just a couple of really good resources that you really trust. Um, you know, I just kind of had two or three. Um, there were either websites or maybe there were people on Instagram, you know, just ones that I really trusted because I just felt like there was so much out there. If you just kept looking, you'd be forever overwhelmed with all the different information. So find two or three resources and, you know, just look at it as kind of like a fun activity you can do with your child. Like you don't need to be stressing and anxious about it. You can just take it really slowly. You know, of course, there's all that, you know, naturally we're quite anxious and scared about it because, you know, there's the things like the mm-hmm. gagging and the choking and you're like, oh, my God, what is all this? And But once you, you know, get used to it with your child, you do um, understand what gagging is and what choking is and, and, you know, the reasons for it and why they do it and why they're important as well. But, yeah, I think just kind of embrace it a bit and, you know, start slowly, work your way up when you're ready to and just, yeah, like I found I found it quite fun at the beginning, um, you know, they're, when they're at that age where they're once you move on from kind of the first few months of eating, they're kind of happy to try anything and, and all of that. But I find it much more challenging now with a toddler. <laughs> He's so fussy. And, you know, it just like, it hurts my soul at mealtimes. <laughs> As someone who loves cooking and, you know, I love being creative in the kitchen and I'm happy to cook for adults at any time, but cooking for toddlers just really, really hurts me. <laughs> you know, I will put so much effort into making something and it'll literally get thrown on the ground or not even tried, you know, not even put it to his mouth. And I just think, okay, well, if I'm a registered nutritionist, I've obviously done quite a lot of, I don't specialize in pediatric nutrition, but I've done a lot of research around it. And if I can't even get my toddler to eat something, then clearly it's just a thing that toddlers go through. You know, they just go through these fussy stages and it is, it's completely normal. It's part of their development, but it is hard, I think, for parents not to take these kind of times personally and not to get impatient and frustrated with it. But yeah, that's that's kind of where we're currently at with the food journey. <laughs> oh my goodness, it definitely is a journey, isn't it? I guess in those earlier stages, um, did you do, is it baby led weaning, I think is one, like the finger food or did you do more spoon and yeah, how did you kind of approach that? We just did a mixture, you know. I, I'm very much about just yeah. finding what works for you and your family and we did a mixture. So I think we started off with some purees, And then it kind of got to the point where I'd sort of offer both at every meal and just kind of see what he was preferring. Um, You know, I think regardless of which way you go, your baby's still going to be getting great nutrition. You know, it's just about finding whether they prefer 
different textures or, you know, kind of how they respond to what you're giving them. So, yeah, we did a mix of both. I wasn't really strict on going one way or the other. And, yeah, that seemed to work pretty well for us. I love that advice. I think that's really important as well because that took me a really long time to figure out. And I really liked what you said about just following or finding one or two people that you really resonate with and kind of following their philosophies or recipes um, because it can get so overwhelming, especially, you know, with things like Instagram today, there's just like an abundance of different resources out there. And I remember always seeing um, like the snack plates, you know, how like mums would, or, you know, like influencers would be giving snack plates or um, people in the the, uh, food world would be giving, you know, creative snack plates. And Georgia would just like never, she'd always just eat like one thing from it not and not touch anything else. And I used to find it such a like frustrating process. And then I just thought, oh, why don't I just put it all in a bowl and see if she would eat it? And so it was almost just me being comfortable with trusting my own kind of intuition of what I thought she would like as well. And still now as a toddler, like she just loves everything in a bowl mixed together. Like, yeah, it's funny whether if I gave her a snack plate now, she would still only just eat like the tomatoes or just eat one thing that she feels like. It's so funny. (laughs) So I think that's really good advice. When we're looking at things on Instagram, you know, usually someone's posting it on there because they're like, oh, look what I've created for my little one. Like this looks so good and so fancy and so healthy. So I'm going to post this. Whereas they're not posting the things that don't look like that. (laughs) So, you know, it is hard not to to compare yourself and be like, oh, maybe I should be doing that. Or, you know, I make actually a really big effort. I, I don't share a lot of nutrition education around kids and toddlers on my Instagram but I do share the kind of different foods and the way I prepare my meals for my son but one thing that I always put and I've got so much positive feedback about this is I always write what he actually ate compared to what I've put because that used to be something that that, used to kill me I used to be like oh my gosh I just surely he's not eating enough like I see all these people posting these beautiful big bowls of food for their babies and I think are they really eating that much and then once I started speaking to people and showing people how much my son would eat they were like thank you so much for sharing this because I thought I was the only one that my child wasn't eating much but you know I might put a whole beautiful plate of all this different food that I've cooked for him um, which is great to give people ideas about you know what you can serve to your child but then I would always say like didn't touch this didn't touch this ate half of this, ate one bite of this or threw half of this on the ground and people were like, oh, that's so refreshing to hear. (laughs) That is so good. I love that. And because there's just so much anxiety that comes with them not eating a lot or you feeling like they're not eating enough as well. So I really like that that you do that. That's awesome. I guess now that Bo is that bit older and in the toddler stage, how do you adapt a typical meal so that it suits the whole family with what he can eat and like. This is a tough one because I think I would love if every night of the week I could cook one meal and we could all sit down together as a family and we could all eat it together. And the reality is that just doesn't work for our family during the week. You know, my husband works late some nights and there's no way that I can get dinner prepared when, you know, I've got Bo and also heavily pregnant and trying to juggle everything at that dinner time. So If we are going to do something where I'll cook one meal that the whole family can eat, it will generally be something like maybe a pasta meal where I've made like a bolognese packed full of veggies. Um, Another one I love is like a Mexican bowl. And I love doing this because 
it's quite easy. You cook the same ingredients, but you just serve it a little bit differently for your little ones. So, you know, I might do a Mexican bowl that might have things like beans and mushies and capsicum, um, you know, maybe meat, maybe not, but you've got kind of your, your bean Mexican mix. And then I would do some rice with it, um, different veggies. And with the veggies, you can serve them different ways for everyone. So for us, I might just do some kind of salad or slaw. But for Bo, you know, I might be grating the cabbage really finely and putting a bit of vinegar on it so he might like that a bit better or, you know, cutting the cucumber differently or cutting the tomatoes differently. Um, you know, I might have put beans into the burrito mix, but I know that he may not like them in there. So I might also serve just some beans on their own plane as well. You know, yeah, so there's awesome. just, I think that's a really good meal that you can kind of adapt to suit the whole family and anything from, you know, even if you had a young baby, you could puree some of that and they could have some of that. Then your mm. toddler could have it how I've mentioned to Bo. And if you had older kids, you might just want to serve it like that but with some corn chips as well to make it a bit more fun for them. So, you know, it's, that's a really good, I think, go-to meal where you can serve your whole family just with a couple of tweaks about how you serve it but you're not necessarily cooking different meals for everyone. Yes, I love that. That's such good advice. Yeah, because I that's definitely a struggle sometimes where I'm just like, my goodness, I feel like I'm making three different you know, my husband's actually quite fussy. He'll hate me saying that, but he really is <laughs> in a lot of ways at home in our environment anyway. He wouldn't be if we went out. But I'm like, sometimes I just want to pull my hair out because I'm like, I feel like I'm cooking for like three different three different meals every night. This is so frustrating. Um so that's a really good one. I need to try the Mexican bowl. Yeah, it's hard enough to yeah, come up with is. a meal just to serve a family let alone when you have to start thinking of different things for everyone so I think yes. as much as you can avoid doing that definitely um yeah finding recipes that can work for the whole family is such a win we'll be right back after this healthy break if you follow my motherhood journey online then you'll know I love nothing more than jumping in the kitchen in our pjs with my little sous chef to whip up some healthy and nourishing meals which is why I'm thrilled to partner with one of my all-time favorite sleep brands, Ergo Pouch, who are helping parents learn about the connection between food and sleep. If you haven't heard about Ergo Pouch, they are an Australian sleepwear brand that make premium certified organic and natural fiber TOG rated sleepwear and sleep solutions. Their organic sleep bag was the very first item I dressed my baby girl Georgia in, as it's incredibly important for me to use products that are certified organic, non-toxic and safe on the skin, ensuring I'm always protecting my baby girl's precious skin. Their safe sleep approved range covers ages newborn to 12 and takes the guesswork out of what to dress your child in when they sleep. They have exceptional sustainability credentials, stylish prints and gorgeous products that are designed for each age and stage of your mini's development. Founded right here in Melbourne by Sleep Deprived Mama, who is passionate about empowering parents to feel confident in making safe sleep decisions for their child and helping them navigate their way through the tougher phases of the sleep journey. It is no wonder Ergo Pouch is loved and trusted by parents all over the world. You can now shop Ergo Pouch full range of sleepwear and sleep solutions with 15% off using the code HH15. I've put a link and the code in the show notes for easy access. Here's to happy, safe sleeping for your little ones. Now, I'd love to talk to you about seasonal eating and I guess why parents should really embrace this with their little ones and also just for their overall families, you know, health and well-being. 
Yeah. So one thing I am super passionate about is that whole seasonal eating. And I think mostly because I feel like a lot of us have lost touch with that seasonal cycle of food. You know, a lot of people are shopping at the big kind of mainstream supermarkets where you don't need to think about it because everything is available. You know, they will import it from overseas. So Mm. you're not really understanding that, oh, actually, okay, it's winter now. There's no asparagus around. Why is that? But there is asparagus around because it's come from Mexico, (laughs) you know. So understanding that foods are grown at different times of year. And the reason that I think it's so important for people to embrace that is there's lots of different reasons, but one is that if you do embrace that, your food will be most nutritious. So we know that food that's grown in season is hopefully also grown locally. Um, So it's traveled less food miles. And the more food miles something has traveled, obviously isn't great for the environment, but the longer since being harvested to it being on your plate, the more opportunity there is to lose that good nutrition. So getting something that can be, you know, picked as soon as possible, sourced locally is going to be most nutritious. It's going to be cheaper because, as I said, you can buy it locally. It's available right now. You don't have to import it or ship it from overseas. And most importantly, it means that you get variety across the year. So One thing I find particularly when feeding little ones is that we do get into a habit of just kind of feeding them the same foods because it's like it's easy, we know they're going to eat it, we know they like it, we know where to get it from the supermarket, we can almost do an automatic order of, you know, what we get every week. But if you embrace seasonal eating, it means that you automatically are going to be offering different foods and a variety for them. So I know personally what works really great for us is we've signed up to a local veggie box delivery. So It's all organic veggies. They're picked from all the local farms around us, picked on the morning, delivered to our door that afternoon. And what I love about it is I never know what's coming in the box. So whatever we get is what I'm going to be serving up to ourselves and also to Bo for the week. And it forces me to encourage giving him exposure to different foods, trying different varieties of things, um, you know, and just really continuing to expose him to different things because we know that's what's so important with little ones. It's It's all well and good to just keep serving them the same things that they love. That can kind of be their favourite or safe foods, but we should also always be exposing them to different stuff as well because they can try something up to 15 times before they actually will try it and enjoy it. So, you know, that exposure is so important. The last reason that I want to mention is that that variety and diversity in food is so important for our gut health as well. And I know that's a very trending topic at the moment, so people are probably quite interested in that. But The way that we know um, how to get, I suppose, a healthy gut, it's all about having variety and richness in good bacteria in your microbiome. And the way we do that is via variety and diversity of food. So the more different foods you're eating, the more different fuel you're feeding your good bacteria and they can continue to thrive. So understanding that the more variety and diversity you can get into your diet through seasonal eating because you're basically forced to try different foods every season um, just supports your gut health and your microbiome so well as well. That is such incredible insight. I feel like even just that experience of like being able to go to a farmer's market or like you do with a delivery box is such just a um, enriching like experience as it is as a family to go and shop like that. And it's such a good way to really be embracing that seasonal eating. But I love all of that insight because it just, it shows yeah exactly the importance. And I love the idea of giving kids all of that, that variety of foods throughout the year, because I'm such a sucker for 
being in my comforts with what I know Georgia will eat. I think especially as a working mum, like, you know, if I can bulk some foods, I'm like, okay, well, I know she loves bolognese. I know she loves like, you know, chicken and veggie soup. So it's like every week I feel like I'm bulking them. So I've got food on hand, Um, but it's so easy to just get comfortable with that. And yeah, like you say, the big supermarkets and stuff always have stuff in stock, but I know whenever we buy from our farmer's market, it doesn't make you kind of think a little bit more outside the box and embrace something or try something new. Yeah, definitely. And that's the thing, you'll get things that, you know, you may not ever have tried before. And the thing with little ones is they can surprise you. You know, you might serve them, you know, like a a parsnip or a Mm. spaghetti squash or something that you think, oh God, they're never going to eat this. And next thing they've demolished a whole bowl of it. You know, you just never know what they're going to like and what they're not. So I think if you can embrace that seasonal eating and just trying different things just because you know it's in season, it's a really good way to, one, offer variety, but two, to find new things that they might actually enjoy as well. And I guess, you know, this passion and knowledge that you have around seasonal eating actually sparked your partnership with Ergo Pouch, um, who we're both very excited to be working with this month. Um, and they're really passionate about, I guess, that that food and sleep connection. Can you dive a little bit into that and how obviously, you know, giving children such nutritious and, and healthy food can actually contribute to better overall sleep? Yeah. So, yeah, I was really excited when Ergo Patch reached out because obviously, you know, it's a brand I've used with Bo since he was born and the the whole partnership is around embracing seasonal eating. So their new winter collection have um, little fruits and veggies, um, you know, seasonal fruits and veggies on them. And I think it's just such a great campaign because I put the pyjamas on Bo and I was trying to teach him, you know, to point to different things. And it was the first time he pointed something and said the word broccoli you know, and then it's such such a good lead-in for oh. people to, to work with their kids and, you know, get them to understand, oh, these are the veggies that are in season, these are the fruits that are in season. Um, so it was just a really well-aligned partnership. So I am really excited to be working with them. But one area we have been looking into is that connection between nutrition and sleep. And, and whilst we do definitely need a lot more research in this area, I'd say there's not enough evidence yet to say, well, hard evidence to say, these exact foods are going to help your baby sleep and that sort of thing. But we just know that that, that balanced diet, that the whole food focus and that variety and diversity that I've been talking about is really going to contribute to an overall nutritionally balanced diet. And that is really what we need to be helping support our little ones sleep. So, you know, there are things like making sure they're having protein mm. so that they're, they're full and they're not waking up due to being hungry you know, there's other foods that you can include like eggs and chicken, poultry, etc. that um, have things like tryptophan, which we know are good for our um, sleep cycle. But I suppose in general, it's really just about making sure you can offer them the most nutritious food. If you're doing that, you're basically just taking away any chances of any, you know, nutrient deficiencies or of them being hungry. And those are the things that might contribute to potentially disrupted sleep or poor quality sleep or wakings during the night so it's hard to say that there's particular foods that will definitely help and you know sleep is such a stressful thing for parents anyway I don't want parents thinking oh my god I must feed my children this food and this food and this food really just looking at it as an (laughs) overall you know nutritious really nourishing diet is, is the best way to help your little ones with their sleep. Can you tell us about why you personally love Ergo Pouch so much as a mum? 
Yeah, look, as I said, we've used it from day one with Bo. I think, you know, Bo unfortunately got my sensitive skin. So um, I was always very adamant that whatever I put him in to sleep in was going to have to be really, really good quality. Um, you know, they're made from certified organic natural fibres. Um, they've got sustainable and ethical manufacturing processes and just the whole business philosophy around Ergo Patch really, um, you know, speaks to me and, and aligns well with kind of my nutrition philosophy as well. So I've always used their products and when they reached out and did want to, you know, kind of explore that whole seasonal eating and how they can tie that in with their sleepwear, I just thought that was such a fantastic opportunity to, you know, for each of us to tap into our both of our audiences and and learn more about, you know, the, the sleep and the, I suppose, the side of it around, you know, what you, what you put your baby in to sleep in and the quality of that sort of fabric and also for me to help with them spread the word about seasonal eating and helping parents kind of embrace that and how to teach that to their little ones and, and doing it through pyjamas and what they're wearing is just such a great way to do that. I was so excited because it's two things I'm so passionate about is, you know, obviously health in our family, but then also a huge focus for me when I was pregnant um, and then had Georgia was really removing a lot of those kind of toxins from our lifestyle. So, you know, for me, this like skincare products that I was using while I was pregnant and I did so much research for bedding and sleepwear and clothes and everything when she was a baby and nappies, because I was like, you know, this precious little baby has been inside my tummy this whole time. Like it's coming out into this big wide world. I want to make sure that it's got, you know, the most gentle and best stuff on its skin to protect it. And when we left the hospital, the first thing I had Georgia in was an ergo pouch sleep bag. So when they contacted me, I was like, oh my God, this is so funny. Like I'm about to have my second baby. And I just washed all of the newborn ergo pouches and I've got them in the drawers. And I was like, oh, this feels like such a beautiful alignment to be able to talk about things that I'm so passionate about. But, you know, I think as a mum, so many people do actually ask me about even that removing toxins and kind of where to start. And I think if you can find brands that you really truly trust, it's just so much easier to kind of have peace of mind as a new mum to know that you are giving your baby the best that you possibly can. And Ergo Pouch is one of those brands that no matter what you put them in from their their range, you just know that your baby is, is safe and, and having good quality um, products on their skin. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that just goes to show because we've obviously both been washing what we use with our previous bubs for the new bubs and the quality is just incredible. It it definitely does last. Like it might feel like, you know, an investment when you're purchasing them and it's well worth it because they do last um, and it means that, you know, you can Mm. use them from one bub to the next um, and really, really get your money's worth for for such a great quality product. Yep. And Georgia's actually just started to refuse Well, she wants. She's moving into a big girl bed. So she's jumping out of the cot and refusing a sleeping bag at the moment. And one thing I'm so paranoid is being cold at night, one, because of early wake-ups, and two, I just personally hate being cold. So with her, I'm like always being so, you know, that mum that wakes up five times to make sure that she's warm enough and yeah. <laughs> touch, her, touch her neck when she's a baby. And now I felt like I was almost back in the newborn stage when she was she wanted a doona, but she would kick it off. And I was like waking up five times a night to just put the doona back on her. And so I ended up getting her the ergo pouch, um, the jumpsuit and made this like a big hoo-ha about how she's getting new pajamas in the mail. And she was seriously so excited about it. And she, every night she's like, mum, new jammies, new jammies. And they're like the 2.5 tog. So, so warm. And I can literally just sleep her in the pajamas. And it's just so much peace of mind for me knowing that she's warm and snug and she loves them. So it's like a total total win-win. 
So I love that they're kind of with you for every stage of stage of the journey. Exactly. I was just going to say, like going from newborn as you kind of progress into toddler stage and, you know, then when they do have a doona or they don't and they're out of the sleep bag, all of that, and they just have a product for everything. So, you know, it really is kind of a, a one-stop shop where you yeah. can get good quality stuff and everything you need. I actually got a really good tip um, off a mum through Instagram um, with the sleep bag. She said to turn them around and you can put the zip at the back and then the babies can't jump out of the cot or the toddlers can't jump out of the cot. I thought that was a great one as well. So I was like, oh, hot tip for any mums who are experiencing that right now. Try turning the sleeping bag around. I've recently <laughs> heard that one as well because, yeah, Bo's getting to the age where, you know, some friends that have kids a little bit older than him are starting to go through that as well. And I remember reading that and I was like, oh, mental note, I need to remember that one for when Bo gets to that stage. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so good. Um, yeah, because Georgia would literally just strip hers off and then jump out of the cot, whether if it's the zips at the back, they can't they can't take it off. They have to yell out to you. So definitely a handy tip. Um, Steph, to wrap up, I'd love to know what one of the best pieces of mum advice is that you've been given so far on your motherhood journey. I think I probably have two pieces of advice. One is one that's definitely relating to motherhood, but that is just the simple phrase that this too shall pass. I think we get so caught up in, you know, all the little things that go on and and we worry about this and then the next thing it's like, okay, that's gone and now we worry about this. And and when you really do look back at your journey, that saying that this too shall pass, it's just so true. You know, every little thing that you go through that you're worried or anxious about, is only temporary. It is going to pass through. They're going to move on to the next stage. Yes, there'll be something else to worry about, but that's also going to pass. So I think (laughs) knowing that, you know, things are going to always be moving forward um, and you're not going to be stuck in those stages forever. I think that really helps. And the other one is actually what I use for my mantra um, in terms of business, but it's stay in your lane and do what you love. And I think that just applies so much to motherhood as well, because as I said, like, it's so easy to compare yourself to what everyone else is doing. But what it really comes down to is finding what works for you and your family. You know, I feel like there's so much guilt around things. Like if a mum tries formula or a mum does co-sleeping or something and and they, I feel like if friends mentioned to me, oh yeah, I actually co-sleep with my baby and, and they're almost a bit ashamed to say it or they feel guilty. And I'd be like, if that's what works for you guys and that's what you love doing, then that's the only way to do things for your family. Don't think there's any other way that's going to be better, you know. So I think stay in your lane, find what works for you, find what you love doing. As long as it's not, you know, upsetting you or causing you distress, if that's how you like to do things and it works for your family, then don't worry about what anyone else is doing and just stay in your lane and do what you love. Oh, I love that so much. I think that is such beautiful advice to finish on. Steph, thank you so much for your time today and all the best with baby number two. I'm so, so excited to to watch your journey as a mum of two unfold. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave a five-star review. For any products mentioned in today's show, please check the show notes below and hit the direct links. If you'd like to suggest a future guest, please follow at The Healthy Hustlers on Instagram and send through a direct message. Until next week, don't forget to invest in you.